Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air yeah. And the screams from everywhere yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill It's a dangerous Sorry. love affair Can't be scared when it goes down Got a problem, tell me Sorry. now Only thing that's on my mind Is who gon' this town Welcome to the show, Kwamla Sports. Sometime Rich McKinn from the ATL. You just want to hear if you just want to hear your name. We got Samaj Kadir from uh, LA, uh, who's now as a part of the show. Uh, welcome, oh, welcome. Coach, we are not bad, not bad. Usually, uh, me and Ken in a good mood, but Coach is not. But he feel, he sounds good today. But he gonna tell us right off the bat we didn't call him. Ooh, that's a lie. I was on the phone trying to call him. <laughs> no, he's trying to call me, said. too. He said, what, I found a woman that called, and that's what came, and it came up. Bama, don't answer. That's what he came up as. <laughs> <laughs> and you know we try to call you on the conference call, dude. Answer the phone. I got one phone. I can I got one phone, missed phone call, and that's from you. So, so Kwame didn't call you? Kwame did not call me. That's a lie, because I was a witness, and, too. And, Ken, the bad thing about it is, all that Bama had to do was Blackberry messaging me. <laughs> Why would I do that when I text you? I text everybody uh, around 4.30, said 5 o'clock. Then Ken said he couldn't do 5, so we said 5.30. So we got on the phone. We conference you. We conference you in. Man, you didn't well, answer your phone. All I know is I, I got one missed call, and I didn't pay no attention. It's 4.04, and I don't know it. So What you mean? 4.04, you know that's Atlanta. Come on. And, and then. Like, and you know what? When I said, I was like, who the fuck is 4.04? I mean, who the hell is 4.04? <laughs> Hey, we well, never on. talked about you. You know they talked about you last They always talk about me. They always, them, they always talk he about me. I'm, I'm in a good mood today. They can't steal my shine. Hey, Monk. They even told me your name was the Grit. Monk, turn these clowns down some. They yelling all in my ear. They couldn't. They couldn't even. They can't steal my. They can't even steal my my shine today. We ain't trying to cut you. Well, you. I mean, old Steel Hawks. Y'all won. It was. It was we, got, we finally got a W, man. At home too. <laughs> NVA. You should win at home. We ended a eight with a six game losing streak, so I'm blessed. I feel happy. Y'all feel y'all like the Yankees. Man, we worse than the Yankees. Worse than the, we worse than the Yankees. No, the Yankees on a six game losing streak yeah, right now. They, they got athletes that want to win. Well, that's true. They got they had athletes that that do the right thing, Jeter. But you know when you're not paying so, those guys, that should motivate you to win, so you can get that next salary or to get that or get that bonus. Don't you guys get bonuses? Well, you get a twenty-five dollar win bonus. You don't get a whole lot of money. You get two twenty-five a week and a twenty-five dollar win bonus. But the whole point is, these cats are always asking, "Coach, what can I do to get next level?" I said, "Well, what you've been doing ain't worked. So what do you think you need to do?" <laughs> you hard like that? I would cut you out if I was a player. I'd you, know no how, you know how I am, though. <laughs> you, 
And you worked with me two years ago in Mesa, so you know how I am. I know how you are. You don't say nothing stupid because I'm going to give you a, a I, real I t- answer. I'll tell you this. You, you do put your work in because Rich was going to, he was going to the, uh, to the uh, job first thing in the morning there all day. And then he had study all, making sure these guys got their grades because we don't play dummies, but making sure these guys were on the up and up. And they still didn't want to do right. When you got somebody always trying to help you. You ain't, you ain't telling the, the bottom line of it, Kwame. I didn't get paid. That ain't, that ain't the bottom line. You're doing it for the kids, son. But again, I'm saying I did all that and still didn't get paid. Yeah, well, that, you know what? That had to do something with uh, uh, Carl Hargraves, the head coach at the time. Uh, that's something you guys worked out. I tried to mediate the in-between. I tried to mediate a little bit of it. But after a while, it was on YouTube, and he told you some things that really didn't happen. And you well, know, It wasn't a big deal to me. It gave me experience. You know, sized up my resume. That's what counts. And the kids, and I think the kids learned something. I'm still close to a few of them. So, um, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a blessing in, in, in it's all because as they grow older and get and do their things in society, you know, they can always say, you know, well, Coach Britt would always kept it real with me, and they can always feel they can call me and get and get the realness. I wish they would call me. me. So I'm blessed. Well, that's well, you a good did thing. Something out of it. Yeah, I got, well, I got, I got resume. That's all that matters to me. Right. And I got kids that that. You know, have um. You contradicting yourself, man. The resume only thing matter. I thought it was for the kids because you know what, what you, I'm saying, man. you you say interrupt me, son. Look, first look, you saying this, um, <laughs> and, and you women. and you right, you right about this. You said it wasn't the money, but he did promise you something, and you drove all the way from Virginia, uh, to come do this because you had a job laid out at your high school, um, as one of the coaches. You had that laid out, but you came in here. It was a resume. You got a good learning experience with the kids. It was on the college level. Uh, it was fun. It was fun. And we had cool down. What more do you need? <laughs> cool down was, yeah, that was, that was probably the best part of the day after we started losing. Yeah, and we had fun, though. It was a good experience. But, you know, we won on Saturday, beat Richmond at home, and that felt good for me and, and the guys. And, you know, it was always nice to break a uh, losing streak that we've been doing. And, you know, we were down 18 nothing with, with two minutes left two minutes left in the um Well, two minutes into the game. Well, sorry, no, I'm sorry, sorry. With two minutes left in the first quarter, we were down 18 done. We didn't get our first touchdown until about that time. Well, me and Ken still want to uh, – we still want to come to a game. We just got to find the right game to come to. We want to get two games left, home games left, and the other two are in Green Bay and with Lacrosse, Wisconsin. You say in Green Bay? Yeah, we go to Green Bay on June 4th and Lacrosse on June 11th. Mm. And then I'm out there for a week, so – Oh, y'all not coming back home? We got next two weeks of home games, this week and next week. Yeah, but when you go to Green Bay, you're staying out there for two weeks. No, no, we come back home, but, you know, we got to go right back to follow on Thursday. Yeah, that's crazy. Stay, just stay out crazy, there. But we got guys who got full-time gigs, so you really can't um, – uh, they can't take our work that long. These guys with full-time gigs, and they're and they asking you about the next level. What's the next some level? Some guys, like I said, Kwame, come on now. But what's the next level, though? Well, some guys want to – you know, they're here to get film, try to get to the league, try to get to CFL, try to get to the UFL. Oh, Okay. Um, you got some guys who are local guys who you know have careers, have families that still can play ball and still have that dream of just playing local football. It's kind of like AAA baseball, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When you live in a city that you know you got a job, you got you know family, you got ties to, and there's a minor league professional football team or a basketball or football or baseball team there, you work out and you try to make that team. And if you can, that's good for you, and it's also good for the community because you know they got somebody they can put their hands on and say, I know this guy, and they kind of like bring him into family and a little bit more accepting. Shoot, the way the, the way the world of sports going now, you give these kids some money, they they liable to act up, man. You you watch the fan page, can be posting all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Who who do you know who I am type stuff. Just cats. You know, they it is what my guys, you know, they just sometimes they just make you sit back and say, "Hmm," and then sometimes they make you sit back and be proud of them. So, 
No. Well, Coach, I got a question for you. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I check out your, the fan page, the Lee Valley Steelhawks fan page. Uh, you know, I, I'm looking at everything overall. I'm, I'm trying to get a sense of what's going on, why this team can't win. Coaching. Do you feel like uh, most of these guys are trying to be local superstars and try to focus on what's the bigger picture ahead? Because I see they, they, you know, they with the cheerleaders, they're signing <laughs> autographs. You know, uh, well, what, you know, what is their problem? What is it locally? Are they trying to be local s- heroes? Well, you know, after every game, that's the whole point of our indoor arena football is after every game the fans come down and they interact with the players. That's why it's hometown, homegrown football. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that is, that, that is mandatory after every game you come out and you sign autograph with the, with the fans and do this and do that. Mm-hmm. The problem we had is that you had guys who, who thought they were one way, always wanted to point fingers at everybody else. And what I asked my guys weeks ago was, okay, I need everybody to answer this one question for me. Okay, if you can sit here in front of your teammates and the coaches and the fans and say you played 110% every game, you made no mistakes in every game, or if you made mistakes, you gave 110% making that mistake, then you can leave this room because the reason we're losing doesn't concern you. Well, everybody makes mistakes. Again, Full no speed. One, again, no one stood up and said that, Number, but yet they can still point fingers. You can't point fingers if you're the one making mistakes. Oh, as soon as you start pointing fingers, your team is done. That, exactly. that is, is that's over. what happened is some of the fact that they were making mistakes. They were making mistakes themselves and then still wanting to point fingers, and they wasn't giving 110% or doing what they were supposed to do. As coaches, we put them in the position to be successful. We game plan correctly. When you lose six out of eight games in, in the last minute by less than um, a touchdown, it's, and you've had – drop passes in the end zone during the game, misreads by the quarterback, missed tackles by the DBs on the front line, um, not taking their, care of their responsibilities, and it becomes mental. Well, who's the backups? Because if I'm the coach, that guy's not playing for my team. He's not. You only have 21, you only have 21 guys on the team at every, on every game. No, no, no backups. You don't have a whole lot of backups. You know, when you run down on kickoff team, you know, you got nine linemen. You don't want nine linemen running down on kickoff team, so you got to put your small guys in there, your, your speed guys, and if they don't want to go down and make a tackle like they're supposed to, you know, you're going to have running backs. You know, your defense is starting 50-yard field. Your defense is starting on the plus 23, and at the minus 23, that's a problem. What, what is it again? Eight men? It's eight men football, yeah. Yeah. Oh. So the thing is, Ken, was the fact of, you know, we go through some time, you go through trials and tribulations, and, and what people try to do is when they start pointing fingers at other people is when you start, I tell them, look in the mirror and ask yourself these questions that I give 110%. You know, Mike Tomlin said something. I think Kwame knows I'm a real big Mike Tomlin fan, even though I hate the Pittsburgh Steelers with a passion. Um, the fact of, did you play above the line in this game? And a lot of times these guys are pointing fingers and this and this and that and that, but yet they're not doing it themselves. Mm-hmm. At one point, the offense was talking about, the, de- the defense was talking about his offense's problem by not scoring points. Well, when you're giving up 140 yards rushing a game, that's a problem, and you're giving up three and a half, four touchdowns a game because you you're not tackling, then that's the problem. And often still putting up 40-plus points a game. You're I, not I, doing your job. I'll I tell you this. Teams that always have uh, meetings about what happened, uh, what, two meetings on one subject about what happened last week or what we got to do, those are always the teams that's losing. Exactly. And then for me, it's like Mondays I got tired of saying the same thing, same thing, same thing, same thing. And what I was trying to do is keep the core guys together. The same guys who walked into camp would keep them together. What I had to do recently in the last three weeks is start – Sending people on the next thing smoking, getting them out of here. Say, bye, thank you for coming out. God bless, good night. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes you got to let that guy go that, that really is just there to be there, and he may contribute from time to time, but time to time is not enough to get it done. you got to put him on a plane, get him out of there so them guys around him see 
This is for real. Get, and you know get, what I started doing? Get Tim, the job done. Is, what I started doing is I started treating them the way that other teams treat their people, not me being the guy that I am, bringing them in, sitting them down, telling them this, this, and that, and that. I, the two, three guys I, I cut, I sent them texts. I said, you're cut, thank you, leave my equipment. I'll be somebody to come pick it up in 15, 20 minutes. Wow. I need you out of my hotel in three, to, in three hours. Oh, man, if I played for you, I don't cuss you out by now. I played you. <laughs> I <don't>... <laughs> I'll <laughs> run my truck right through that front door, y'all. I'll come in there like Columbine. That's the mentality that, that they brought me to. Yeah, I didn't but... get to that mentality without them leading me there. Well, you, well, you the head coach. You the head coach now. Uh, you set the precedent from day one, and, I, and you say you got 21 guys, so you got to get well, guys. You, got a, you have a 30-man roster. What I'm saying is is the niceness, the caring. You know me, Quam. The niceness, the caring, the trying to reach out and do the best for you. See, here's my thing. Let I'm, me finish. I'm friends, with, I'm friends with everybody. <laughs> I'm friends with everybody until I'm not friends with everybody. Exactly. So my, my thing, not being a friend thing, is me looking out for them, trying to lead them in the right path, treat them like a man, treat them like a real professional. But then when you don't want to do the, the little things that you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. I have a problem with it. So, like, a month ago, I, had, I started having workouts on Tuesday when I missed the show for a few times. Oh, man, we talked bad about you. But go ahead. I, yeah, I had 1130 workouts with guys. Lie. I got guys in hotels. <laughs> I said, look, come, to the, come get some one-on-one coaching from 1130 to 2. Well, hey. You know what they told me? You know what guys was telling people? Oh, it's my day off. I'm not coming. Uh, yet, we won at that time. We won in four, one in five. Well, let me say this, because uh, we got to, I mean, I, I, I feel the heartache, the pain you're going through. Uh, you're doing everything you can do. You're giving these guys extra, come to the hotel, get some uh, extra tutelages. But they they don't want to do it. If it's not in you, it's not in you. They're not going to do it. It's not all of a sudden they're going to turn on the light and they become a great athlete. I mean, I, I, I would take, if we're talking about football, I would take 11 overachievers before I take some average guys and some superstars who are not going to play together. Overachievers, I know exactly what I'm going to get from them. They're going to play hard every time, uh, and I don't have to worry about this. You can coach those guys, and they're going to do what they're supposed to do. Well, I just think that, you know, again, well, look the problem at him, we're man. having is the fact of our guys, they were thinking they're, they'd rather put a picture on Facebook in their jersey than, than beat somebody up on the football field. Well, let me read this right here. That's what I was talking about right there. Let me read it. Yeah, they're some local superstars. But let me read this right here before we go into break. We've got about a minute to break. Uh, we got a great show coming up. We got uh, Sherry Daly, uh, John Daly's uh, well, ex-wife. Uh, but let me read this, and this is interesting. Mm. Golf's wholesome, golf wholesome reputation is not what it used to be, thanks to Tiger Woods. And we know what Tiger Woods did uh, around the league and how the world was so surprised and shocked. But Woods' bad boy behavior doesn't compare to that of the sport's original player. And that's player John Daly. Uh, Sherry Daly should know she was married to, uh, married to John for nine years. We got Sherry on the show. We're going to come back, and we're going really, to really hit on that, and we're going to let her see how the book is doing. Um, where she's going with the book, and just let her, you know, lead us into what she wants us to know about what went on in there. Because I looked at the book, and I'm reading the book. There's a lot of great, happy pictures in there, but as I'm reading, I'm thinking Ike and Tina. Oh. <laughs> I yeah. am. It's a great book. <laughs> Sherry, Sherry Daly, you with us? I'm here. Hey, welcome hey, to the show, oh, Sherry. Now, we're not quite Ike and Tina. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe O.J. and Nicole or something. Oh, O.J. and no, Nicole. I'm just kidding. Oh, no, no, no. We weren't that bad all the time. Just, you know, if he got to drinking, he turned into a maniac. Okay, and well, then look. he turns into a liar, too. So, you know, I just, <laughs> well, I didn't turns into a maniac. To destroy him. I just had to tell the truth about a couple of things, you know. John had the opportunity at our divorce for me to sign papers that I would never speak to the media if he just told the truth and say that, 
the truth, I did not stab him. Okay, well, hold on to that. Hold on to that. We're going to take a break, and we'll come back, and we're not going to take a break until the last segment because I want you to get everything out. Hey, this is Quarm Lines of Sports. Sometime Rich McCann from the ATL with Kadir out of LA. We'll be back in a minute. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice. America Sports Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Well, welcome back to the show. This is Quam Lots of Sports. Sometime Rich. We came from the ATL. We got Samaj in LA. We have a funny, a live, live, funny guest, uh, Sherry Daly. She has a book out uh, called Tee It Off. My Life as a Player's Wife on the PGA Tour. It's some good stuff. Uh, if, if you ever, you got to make chance to go get this book. You can pick it up at uh, uh, Gallery Books. It's, Sherry, welcome to the show again. Well, thanks for having me. What, what's going on with this Playboy stuff? Okay, this is the subject for today. No, so no, we got to put comes down. My neighbor is actually, well, I shouldn't say his name. He was, um, my neighbor is a, oh, what is it, a, a politician. Um, you know the Ford, don't you? So he's a liar. You say a politician. You know, um, <laughs> the first uh, a black congressman, Senator Harold Ford, one of his sons. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, I know He's my neighbor. So he was very upset about this. So when he brought the magazine down here to read last night, he said, I can't believe he's talking about little John's mom like this. And I was like, give me that magazine. So I got it and read it. <laughs> he said in there that I charged him $2,500 for sex and that I was no good in bed. We talking about your okay, ex-husband? First off, the question here is, did he pay it? 
No. And what, why would he be married to me paying it for 10 years if it was no good? Mm. So why would he say that in a magazine with all these readers? But you got a son by this man, right? Yeah, that's the one thing. Well, you got your son. I can tell y'all this. It might not have been any good to him because, look, we already know he makes Tiger Woods and his cheating. He makes him look like a saint. So, so I will tell y'all this, and this is not in the book. This is an outside story. Uh-oh. I'm angry on Tuesday morning story, but it's the truth. <laughs> we got an exclusive. After he cheated on me, and it was confirmed, I have this gown. It's called Bluebell. And that's like a sleepwear. It's from Victoria's Secret, but it was like something your grandmother would wear. And it had ruffles on the sleeves, and it had a ruffle around the bottom. It looked like Little House on the Prairie. Mm-hmm. So after he started cheating... That's what he got. When he came home, it was Bluebell, and I would get up in my bed, and I would read magazines, and if he touched me, I would have to nearly throw up in my mouth because I was so over him and his nasty self. Why you just sleep in another room? It's understandable reading your book. Why? Why did I write the book? No, no. No, I said it's understandable why you felt that way. Um, towards him about sex, you know, reading your book. I mean, yeah, I was so glad that he went all over the radio and everywhere saying that I wouldn't sleep with him because at least that gave me a chance for someone else to want to sleep with me and know that they're not going to catch anything because you're exactly right. I was so protected around him after I realized what was going on. So I probably was like sleeping with a, um, a life-size condom. Well, <laughs> for me, it was one situation looking at pictures like, hmm, really? Why? Just, yeah, I'm looking at this. I'm looking well, at the cover. Okay, let's go back. Everybody says, why did you marry him? Were you a gold digger? Did he have a great life? Let's just be real here. When keep I it real. Let's just keep it real show. My boyfriend could bend over and wipe his butt with John Daly. Mm. Like, he could use John for toilet paper. John hadn't won a tournament in six years when I married him. The reason I married him is because he was so sweet. And when I met him, he was nothing like I thought he was going to be. He was, had this nice voice. He was really sweet. I had an 18-month-old son. He wasn't drinking whiskey. He told me I was beautiful. He showered me with diamonds. Not that they were the first diamonds I'd ever seen either, by the way. And, and you know, I, I can be called a gold digger, but I will say this. I have never dated men that don't have a really good job and love it. You, and I mean, I always that. wanted to be a housewife and a mother, and when I get my kids bigger, then I want to get a job or either work for free. I'm not lazy. But with that being <laughs> said, John tricked me. He tricked when we you. Got married, when we got married, he was all these nice things. But then he started drinking whiskey again. And he told me when we got married, if you ever see me drink whiskey, um, you have to leave. Well, I'm in, my parents have been married 45 years. I mean, thick, thin, rich, poor. They've been together. My mom got fat and weighed 200 pounds, and my dad still loved her. That's the way I was raised. Well, when I married John and his mom died, I couldn't just leave somebody because I found out he was drinking whiskey right about the time his mom passed away, and I was pregnant with little John. So I couldn't just walk away then. So when I grabbed his cup one day and I I drank like a drink of it walking through the hall, and it had uh, whiskey in it, and he goes, it's not Jack Daniels, it's Crown Royal. What's the problem? Okay. Sherry, you need to back up now. Uh, You hanging out with you now? Yeah, Sherry, you need to back up. (laughs) You hanging out with Kwame or something? What's wrong with Crown Royal? (laughs) Well, I'm good with it. It makes me good. Crown Royal (laughs) makes John tear down the house. And let me just explain this. Okay. We saw in 
what was that GQ magazine where it showed a little a little picture of what Charlie Sheen's room looked like when he tore it up? Uh-huh. I was reading that on the way. I was flying somewhere and I was looking, and I thought, hold on, he needs to go to the John Daly School of How to Tear <laughs> Up a Room. I, I thought that looked like somebody knocked over something. When John would drink Crown, he would rip the cabinets off the wall. Here's an example. Goodness gracious. He came in. First off, I had a decorator come to our house. This is in that right after I found out I was pregnant and all that stuff. I had a decorator come to the house. They painted the wrong color. They did a sage green instead of a brown. So he had been outside drinking all day with his friends, and he comes in, and the decorator had bought, like, all this different furniture and things to look at, and I was not going to buy it because I'm a saver. I would have had one of my friends order it for wholesale or something. But after John got done with it, I had to buy it because he saw the green walls, and he came in there, and I was sitting with his mother, my sister-in-law, and some other ladies, and he just looks and says, he's something about hating the walls and started saying all these cuss words and stuff, and he pulled his penis out in front of his mother and started peeing all up and down the wall, like sprinkling it on the walls, peeing here, peeing there, and saying, this is what I think of the walls. I just sat there, and I did not even say a word. I know wow. my mouth must have hit the table. Was he drunk? And everybody's like, what do you say? Well, what do you say when someone pees on the wall in front of their mothers? I remember thinking to myself, oh, my God. What have I gotten myself into? And so then he didn't quit there. He started going through the house. He broke all the glass out of this. It was like a $4,400 china cabinet. I was not going to buy, but they had put it in there just for us to look at. He knocked all the glass out of it. He knocked all the pictures off the wall. He took this giant candlestick. He moved on out into the garage. He beat all the windows and most of the fenders up. He beat it to where it needed paintwork on all three sides, and you know what that does to a car. Well, it's listen, like worth twenty grand less. Knocks all the windows out of it. Well, Tiger Woods comes in, Tiger, just because he was mad about the walls, passes out in the floor. We got. And by the way, we have about four or five hundred people outside because we're having a charity golf event at our house. So he fell out in the floor. You know, I think I was 25 years old. I've never seen anybody do anything like that. So I'm sitting here. You know, I'm always all by myself praying. Dear God, what do I do? Am I supposed to get in the ambulance with this idiot? Or am I supposed to send him on his own? Because he had embarrassed me so bad. Go and ahead, so much. I got in the ambulance with him and went on down the road. But that's what tearing up a room was. He was ripping the, the doors off of the cabinets, hinges and all. Like, he tore up stuff so bad. He knocked over 80-inch TVs. You know how big that is? It's real big. Well, for somebody who didn't win a tournament in six years, he showed up breaking up a lot of expensive stuff. He He was breaking up. So then, look, and then afterwards, that was J.D. So I get to the hospital, and Johnny (laughs) wakes up, and he's so sorry about what J.D. did. Wait a minute. It's J.D., Johnny, and John. John is who I married. (laughs) He's a normal guy. J.D. is a maniac. J.D. is a liar. J.D. is a manipulator. J.D. is a sociopath. Well, how you get away with everything in toxic men? How you get away with marrying three people at the same time? Well, I guess I was (laughs) special, you know. I thought I was special. (laughs) Oh yeah, of course I heard about all the other ex-wives, but Uh, they weren't me. I thought I was the one. Go ahead, Smalls. You got something? Yeah, I mean, to me, it's obvious that I I feel like John has um, a mental mental issues reading your book. Um, I remember you mentioned. I feel like I do, too, after being with him that long. 
Right, and I remember you mentioned in in his in one of your chapters that his father was basically like the same way. I know that um, one time he was drunk and he actually put a gun out on you. It's like, what do you think happened in in John's childhood? Maybe that causes him to act in these different personalities. Like you said, he was John, Johnny, and and JD. What? could have happened in his childhood yeah, you know, to make that's him this funny way. because like I hate to get like all therapeutic like I'm a professional but me and my well I won't even say but a family member of mine we used to talk about his behavior he and his brother were left alone as children I don't okay. know what happened to him but I do feel the same way and I've been to enough therapists by the way y'all I've been five therapists and none of them say that I need medicine. Man, that's, that's, that, that, right. oh, that's a waste of... He just might have and I got my head women. checked out. The judge made me get my head checked out to do a <laughs> mental evaluation. That's a waste of I, money. And guess what, y'all? I think yeah. I got like a C-plus on that, too. But <laughs> I always try to help people, you know? It's like, I, always, I do think something was wrong with his childhood and the way he was raised because, I'm look, I will stay in teed off. I am not perfect. I can cut up. Right. I do a lot less of that since I've gotten older, but this picture is hot. Are you still hot? My own stuff. This right, because you told on yourself wrong. as well. I mean, Sherry can get a little crazy as well, but we all can when a man pushes to that point. Oh um, my goodness, a man! I think okay, they have to the honestly fight. think Look, we know the cat fight. Did y'all get to that part yet? Fourth ex-wife. What? Did y'all get to the cat fight with the strippers that I had? Oh yeah, I like that part when you snatched her up. <laughs> okay, uh-uh. I like haven't read anything, have you? Why you stabbed John? Just go to the beginning and get to. I think it's in the prologue. Get to the part about the cat fight with the strippers. Ooh, I like I'll give you a short version. What about can we, this? Can uh, we clear up the allegedly stabbing part first? Yeah, let's let's okay. talk about the stabbing. Clear it up. Clear it up. All right, here. But this is why I wrote the book. John said I stabbed him. Now this is on into year. This is into like 2006. This is when what I told you about the drinking. It used to be twice a year, so I would weigh out the good with the bad. So twice a year I have to put up with an episode, but he's perfect the rest of the year, so it went by pretty quick like that. But when he signed with Hooters, you got a sex addict and an alcoholic Mm-mm. sitting at Hooters every week, getting drunk every night. It turned into every week a disaster. Right. And that's what that had turned into. And he came in. Well, this is our home. Actually, I'm at that home now where, where this event happened, so I can go through it really good. He was at um, Memphis at the uh, FedEx, and he was he had been kind of playing a little crappy for a while, but he had a great day. I mean, and he was, like, leading the tournament. It was on Friday. He had made the cut, and he was maybe in fourth place, which in the PGA, fourth place is like a win. That's big. So he's in fourth place, and he goes up to where his T-shirt stand is, which, by the way, I never liked that. But anyway, he goes up to this restaurant, and they're up there drinking and partying and all this stuff, so it really made me mad because two weeks before that incident when I told y'all where he tore the whole house down and wrecked up the car, and he did that with the kids in the other end of the house, and his drinking had gotten out of control, so I wasn't happy about him being up there drinking. So I went up there, and now note this, I was not drinking. I was to the point where I wouldn't drink around John because that could turn into oil and water. You can't have two people drinking like that. So I had just, I quit at a period the end no drinking around him but i went up to this restaurant and i will tell y'all that i did touch everybody out there i started from their foot to their head and their toe and back and i just said all of you you sit up here you can kiss his butt y'all can buy shots y'all can party with john daly 
and it's fun. I was like, all you bitches, y'all can sit up here in his lap and hope you're going to get his money. But guess what? Y'all have fun with him because when he brings his drunk ass home, he is going to be destroying the house. And me and my kids will be dodging lamps, dodging cabinets, and having to run for our lives. So y'all go ahead and y'all live it up up here with John Daly. And then I told him to kiss a few things. Yeah, you know what? That so is, that, I came that, home. And I got in the bed, and I put a mask on, conditioner in my hair, and I was just like, I'm going to say, I was like, F all y'all, I did, I really did. And I I'm not, shouldn't have been out testing like that, but I'm, and I meant it, I'm not sorry either. You was keyed up. Uh, with that being said, he comes in, and I told him, and I had never called the police on John, I had never, ever done anything that would possibly hurt him or his contract or anything, because, you know, when you're married to an athlete, you're protecting the contract. That's what it's about. You can't, nothing can get in the news because you don't want your contract to go back. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, he came in here and I told him, if you come in this Memphis house, because he was tearing up the Arkansas house. I said I would never go back there. So if you come to Memphis, that's my house. You break one thing, I am calling the police on you. This isn't Arkansas. Your buddies aren't coming over. I'm going to get you arrested. (laughs) So he came in and he started breaking all these bases. I heard glass breaking, and he thought he was funny. He would get a golf club, and he would tee it up, and he would hit golf balls and knock my back windows out in the house. I was like, this isn't funny to me anymore. So I dialed 911, and I threw the phone to him. And I was thinking he would say, oh, everything's okay. You know, we're cool, we're cool. And so I hear him, like, walking out the front door, and he's saying, my wife is a convicted felon, and she's crazy, and she's doing all this. And I thought... Oh, God, please not tonight. It is Friday. This is Memphis, Tennessee. I do not want to be at 201 Poplar in jail because they take everybody to jail if they come to the house. You know what? Oh, no. So I had to get up out of the bed. I locked him out the front door when he was out there telling all his lies. I grabbed up my kids, went to my neighbor's house, looking crazy. I was looking so crazy. Sherry. Running through the yard carrying two kids, and I just went to the door. I said, "Can I just come in here until he sobers up?" And she had everybody had seen him drunk over here, so they knew I wasn't kidding. So I just went upstairs and got in her kid's bed. Next thing I know, she comes upstairs and goes, "Sherry, did you stab John?" I was like, "What are you talking about?" She said, "He's sitting outside with the police, and he's got scratches all over him." And she said, "It looks like lipstick or ketchup on his shirt or something." And I was like, "Oh my god!" So while her husband was down here. Her husband's in the John Daly Kiss Butt crew, so he was down here on Team John. She, I got in her car. We eased out of the garage, and I went to one of my friend's houses, an attorney around the corner, and just stayed there until my other attorney could get here and call. And if you notice that story, it just went away. Well, it went away because it wasn't true. He was about to get charges pressed on him for filing a false police report. But didn't you but do five? Course, you do you five years though. I mean, five days. You did five they got days. me all huddled up in the house over here, agents and him and Sherry. Well, you know, the media's calling. He had helicopter or helicopters over the house, and they wanted me to just say something. Well, I let him come back, but the deal was he was going to tell the truth about what happened. They said, well, what, you just got to let it go. Do you want your and your kids to have a different lifestyle, and it's all going to be your fault? He's going to lose everything, or do you want to be right and say something? Just give us time, and we'll clear it up. Well, guess what? That time never came. So 10 years into it, at the divorce, I gave him the opportunity to tell the truth about this one incident, and I would have signed and never written a book or talked to the media, but he smirked me. Y'all know what a smirk is? 
Smirk, mm-hmm. yeah. So, like, yeah. go ahead. Nobody gets. Yeah, you know, you're not going. Nobody's going. Li- nobody's going to listen to you anyway. That's what he was thinking. Yeah, yeah. that's a, that's the look he gave. Like, whatever. But go ahead. Like the Kwame look. And, so you know, I'm very, I'm very sad that what happened with Tiger Woods happened, and his wife is a friend through a friend. We don't talk every day, but she's. We have a friend that does talk every day. With I see her. Tiger Woods in the book. I didn't want to get any pleasure off her pain, but it just so happened about that time. Inside Edition called, and they said they wanted me to be a specialist, I guess, on hose or something. And I just said, I will gladly do it if you will. I don't want any money. You don't have to pay for anything. I'll do the interview with you. I'll tell you everything I know about the tour if you'll just give me the chance to say I didn't stab John Daly. Sure, you so tried. they did that. You, she tried. Because you know, I would have got that money. Book. Sure, you crazy. You crazy, sure. You, you don't broke sure, everything you in your crazy. house. You're supposed to get sure, the money. Maybe, maybe you don't. I didn't get any money. You know what he don't did? Don't tell money, girl. He broke up all my jewelry. <laughs> Harry Winston watches. He got a hammer. He beat up $400,000 with the watches, and he did it by all of those. Tell him he, he can issues. donate those watches to issues. us. <laughs> Sarah, he can, I got to ask. Look, I tried to get one fixed, and they said it will be 39000 to get it fixed. Well, guess how much the watch is? Thirty-nine thousand. Oh yeah, both of y'all crazy. Yeah, Sharon, how come you never took oh, a yeah. lesson from Elon and go Elon up upside his head with one of those irons? Look, you know, I will get her head a couple times now. Don't now, let Sherry fool you. Now my you friend says I called and I was like, look, did she do it? Just tell me, did she do it? She said no, she didn't. I was like, well, dang, if she did, at least he took it like a man. She deserved to get a few hits on him. I got blamed for something, and I never even got to punch him out good. I got nothing. I didn't even hit him. I didn't smack him. I didn't do anything to him. Wait a minute. I got a question to ask. Don't forget about that one time when you knocked him out the on the bus. The one time. Like that. Now, I gave him, now, I gave him a little three-piece on the bus. <laughs> 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 uh, hold on. Let Coach B. Coach B got a question. Coach B got a question. I never drink PGA Punch again after that. Coach B got a question for you. My question is, is okay, we're saying the – Longevity of everything happened over and over and over and over. After the first incident, it's a okay, okay, okay. The second incident is one of those times you gotta say, you know, you know what, CYA, you know, you gotta kill your ass, beat it. I don't want to be around you no more. Why did you take so long to come to well, see, foot, he the boiling point? Physically, did anything to me? Now, I'm talking fun, about the childish uh, mentality oh, that he has. He's had it for oh. he's had it before he married you, and he and he had it while he married you. He's a grown ass man, child, child. Go ahead. He didn't really show her that childish mentality till a year in, even though she heard about yeah, his it. It was, behavior. and you know, it's funny you say that. That was Johnny. Johnny was a child, and then I started feeling like I, I would feel guilty because I would think when he was in really bad shape or something, I would feel like, oh God, you know, what if he dies? It's going to be my fault, and I would be so worried about him because it was almost like he turned into my child. But like '01 to '06, like I said, it was twice a year. The good weighed out the bad, and but then when it became all the time, I'll be honest with you, I did have to check out because I like, you know, and we'll go ahead and talk about this. I had to go to federal prison camp, 150 days. 150 now, days? Look, there were no lesbians there. I have no prison stories. It was just very boring. And it was like, <laughs> and I have a question about that, that too when you finish. But I'll tell you this much. When you go and you're sitting in camp and you realize, oh, my God, I'm happier here than I am babysitting all the time. I got more sleep there than I got in five years. It was like a vacation. It was time to think. 
And I was thinking, I got to do something different. I mean, and it just, you know, when I got, I sat there all the, that time, I went, me and my son, we travel every day with John. One year we were home less than 30 days. We went overseas. I mean, I did everything with him. And he drove through where I was three different times, and he did not even stop and see me. Went out of five months, my husband that we know is crazy, and I've gone through hell for protecting, hiding, covering up. He stopped to see me for two hours. Go ahead, Samaj. Um, you know, um, you always talk, you talked about how you always had his back and, you know, um, how you did not want his name to have bad press, you know, and you have always had John's back, and I tip my hat off to you, but he has never had yours. And like you said, you was in prison, federal prison, during those 150 days, and he only came and seen you once. And that's the I only mean, time. Two hours, but let me just tell you why I was there. It was nothing to do with drugs. And the right. funny part is, and in John's old books, after this whole Playboy thing last night, I got his book out and contradicted him in his own self. But well, in you know his he's a liar. Book, he, he, I mean, he even says, like, you know, that he had been through there, I was the love of his life and all this. I'm thinking, well, how would you treat the person who's not the love of your life? The people that ran around with John, the, the guys that my dad was involved with, that were the drug dealers on the side. They went to church on Sundays. Oh, yeah. They all, these people looked clean and clear. John played golf with them. He knew one of them longer than my dad ever knew him. He even says in his own book he knew the guy 15 years. Well, he probably spent more money betting on the golf course. John probably should be more time for than me because he ran with the people more than I did. I got caught up in it. But to be so judgmental and to know the people, it really hurt my feelings. I mean, it really did. Right, I'm sure it did. I mean, he. I mean, he didn't even have your back. Your back when you got no, into No, he never showed wife. up at one court when, day. When you got into he wouldn't come to court with wife. me. He wouldn't do anything. Then he ran off with his ex-wife and got hotel rooms with her. Right. I mean, and look, he he says he was there for me and my family. Everybody acts like me and my family were these junkies, but he fails to mention, you know, my poor family loaned us a half million dollars to pay our taxes when we were married. Their whole life savings, they let us borrow because John blew all his money one night at a casino, and he was freaking out because he needed to pay the IRS. See, no one knows about that. Well, I remember that. We well, all look like the bad person. They want you to look like the bad guy. We got three minutes. We got they three minutes. Like we got three minutes to break. Sherry, is uh, when you was in prison, is that the only time you wore underwear? Because in the book it says. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll have to tell you when I quit and when I had to start back, and I quit again. <laughs> oh, okay. So you. I got, apologize for Kwame Sherry. So, sure. Hey, I'm reading. Right no, 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 I'm reading the book. He on that crown royal right now. I'm reading the book. I was gonna get on Sherry in the panties too. Yeah, I you know I went so panties. So I got when I was pregnant, with panties sound so nasty. Felt like it was me and something in my butt. I could not wear them. They were so tight. I had to quit wearing panties when I had my first son, and then I quit wearing them forever after that because I just couldn't handle that in my butt all the time. Can, can y'all say uh, underwear? Oh. Even well enough for long. Underwear, underwear, underwear. Panties sound so nasty. Say underwear. <laughs> 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 no, I'm just messing with you. Like you, you, you 13. <laughs> no, it was good. Yeah. So how's the book so doing? Get, how's the book doing, Sherry? I got me some big draws when I went to prison camp. She said draws. She got big draws. Big draws. We got a. <laughs> oh, so how's look, Sherry? I, just, I pulled them up real high too. How's I don't the, know. So that, you you got big draws when you went to prison. Yeah, they came all the way underneath my boots. They were almost like a 
some kind of suit. They could have been a one-piece swimsuit if I could have pulled them up. Oh, okay. well, oh we call it granny small. panties. You called them a small. You said you, you we call them granny panties. Like a... Oh, the small. They were as big as one set of curtains. <laughs> Granny panties. And wow. then I started sunbathing as soon as I, everybody could lay out in the yard. But boy, when I started laying out in the yard, they made everybody come inside. <laughs> oh, <you're laughs> on, <Sherry. laughs> we got cut off laying out because I rolled up club. my gym shorts and I had me a bikini. I even had like a radio. And I was thinking, it is so beautiful in Kentucky. If I was just <laughs> over there at that horse barn. And I just had some baby bears right here. But I don't. Okay. I just have some water. 150 and days and in prison. But I'm good. Yeah, God, thank you. Have that is crazy. Okay. 150 days in prison. John only came once, you say? Maybe? Once? Once. Once. Uh, Two hours. He was in a rush. Well, you know what? We, we got about a minute till break, but we do have a call on the line. Troy. Uh, Troy. Mangoni. Troy Mangoni, you on? Uh, I guess he was. Not Troy. Yeah. He wants you to wear. There you go. Oh yeah. What? He must be using a. How you doing? A, a up, walkie-talkie. What's up, Troy? How you doing? <laughs> Troy, you Troy, doing? you on with uh, Sherry Daly? She has a. Uh, you got to go check out this book, man. If you haven't read it yet, but it's it's fun and a lot of great pictures in there. I thought of life on the bus. I thought it was some Ike and Tina Turner situations right there on that oh. in that situation right there. Eat the cake, anime. We just had two Ike and Tina out of two out of ten years. That's not too bad, is it? <laughs> <laughs> that's not too. That's not too bad. I think it was more than that, but we'll go with what's in the book. <laughs> Troy, you got anything for uh, Sherry? We got a minute till break. Oh, yeah. Do you? Uh, I mean, do you see that the tour is getting worse for substance abuse, or is it getting better? Is the tour itself doing anything to to combat this at all, or are they just mostly covering it up? Well, Sherry, don't answer that yet. Let's take a break, yeah. and, and we come back and uh, let you think on that. We'll take a break. Hey, this is the Quantum of the Sports. Sometime, Rich. We're Ken from the ATS Samaj out in LA. We'll be back in two minutes. Bounce with me now, now, Bounce with me now, now, I'm thinking about my doorbell. When you gonna ring it? When you gonna ring it? Yeah, I'm thinking about my doorbell. When you gonna ring it? When you gonna ring it? Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Listen to Sports Talk at the Positive Pub every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Gil Tyree talks to sports newsmakers, playmakers, and story breakers. You, the hardcore, interactive, and novice fan, can join the show via your phone calls and emails. Sample what's good, right, and positive about the world of sports every week. Begin your week in a positive way with Sports Talk from the Positive Pub. Be here every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Looking for a top show about horse racing and handicapping? Looking to play the ponies? (laughs) 
Join us every week for Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies website, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. Listen for top plays for the weekend in the spot play of the week and win prizes just for listening. Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer is live Thursdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Hey, welcome back to the Quamalas for Sports. Oh, Camp from the ATL. We got some odds out there. Like, we got Troy Mangoni online. Hey, we live with shit. They don't like my sexy voice on the last yeah, segment. Hey. No, we don't like listening to that. We're guys. We got Sherry Daly, who has a book called Teed Off. Go check it out. It's a great book. It's fun. Uh, she said the only reason she wrote it because John didn't hold up his end of the bargain. But it is a good book, Sherry. And um, Troy asked you a question before the uh, we went off the air in the third, last segment. Um, when you answer that, Troy, you might want to ask it again, but when you answer that, let us know how the world of book is doing. Uh, how is it perceived out there so far? Go ahead, Troy. Well, uh, uh, would you mean answer him first or tell you what they're saying? Answer, answer him first. Well, as far as the tour goes, the PGA Tour, the actual tour itself, they're not serving players' shots, and they're not calling hookers for them. These guys, they make decisions themselves. So I think, okay, I have friends that their husbands play NBA basketball. Here's an example. Say his name. They go out of town, and those guys have one night, and then they're either back home or in a different city, and no hoes can fly on the team plane. So you don't have to worry about that. Can they? The plane the wives can't even fly on. Now, on the other hand, these golfers, they all have their own private, they have their private planes that they lease. Most of them, I don't think, own them, but still they'll be doing net jet and all this stuff, and they fly themselves. Well, they have a whole week away. So they, if their wives don't come, they can set up camp off the course. They don't set all up camp. The same hotel. <laughs> There's four different groups of hoes they have to deal with. Mm. This is not in my book. This is special edition today. I'm loving it. Yeah, is, is this going to be? Is, is this going to be on teed off too? No, this is going to be. Yeah, this is teed off right now on Tuesday. This is teed off. Tuesday. Okay. <laughs> teed off. John again. Playboy John again. So that's some There's good stuff. Oh, that's the ones that wear those terrible outfits. Wow. And they go around with their collar shirt and like they love golf. And, oh, hi, John. I love your driver. You were great on number 17, buddy. It might be okay, his driver they love. Then you get places. All right, Memphis used to be known for the place where the strip clubs were. A lot of the players, not all of them, but a lot of the players would go to this place. It was crazy. It was called Platinum Plus. It's closed yes, down now. Oh, you got to take care know about it. Oh, I, I, so I it was like Memphis, Stripperville here. here. The Memphis was known for the strippers. And right then by Dallas. the airport. So I get married to John, and there's a golf you see on TV, and it's all pretty, and everybody looks plain. And I'm going to have a family now. I've grown out of my wild days. I'm going to marry a golfer and live happily ever after. <laughs> then there's the real tour. I get to Dallas. They have strippers walking around in plastic hills on the course, dropping out flyers to their strip clubs. And I was thinking, not here, ladies. Like, this is my office. And I don't hate strippers. I love strippers. I think they're talented because it's very hard to swing on that pole. Oh, like, they man. Have to be you got to do a couple, of, you do a couple of push-ups. My friend has a pole, and I cannot hang upside down on it yet. I, I don't even like strip clubs. I don't even go to strip clubs. I'm not going to lie. I'll be so funny. 
Hey, hey, Kwame, Platinum Plus. Let's hang out at it. John Light? At Platinum Plus. Can I have my license? So anyway, we got strippers. Then in Hilton Head, this is the truth. There were strippers. There were prostitutes, not strippers, prostitutes. What's the difference? On the parking lot. And the security had to throw them off. And I was like, John, what were those? It was me and him. He goes, those were real prostitutes. So I was a little shocked. But then there's the fourth group of hoes that the golfers have. They're the money. List. I love it. I They're love my it. least. We'll have to get this show at night because she's saying all kinds of they things. They go down the list and they pick one out, like how much money he makes. Well, they go out there. They can follow him. They get his tea time. They got at least two days to get his attention. If you notice the wife's not there, they might have right. two more if he makes the cut. And these guys, these girls, they don't care if the guys are married or not. True story. My friend was real fat. We were pregnant together. Same time. Our babies were a couple of days apart. She went, and she was a tour wife, too. She went to every event with her big, fat thighs rubbing together, walking around, watching them play golf. The only reason she was not there is because she had a doctor's appointment. Her husband, just like on you know, Harlem Nights where he says, I met Sunshine, I ain't ever coming home. Oh, he wow. called her, and he met Sunshine, and he never went home. Sunshine on Harlem Nights? And he yeah. married that girl that he met. Sherry, mama, mama, I ain't never coming home. You better stop what? talking bad about these golfers because I golf all the time and I don't and see no, that. Well, we we only got we only got about Y'all ignore me. Okay, so Sherry. Was it really a 16-hole slobber on the uh, green? Oh, the 16th hole? No, that's this is really golf was course, too. Y'all think this is an adult show, right? Y'all talking the about some truth, sexual uh, no, stuff. Listen, the truth is, <laughs> I was in your book. <laughs> now, there's a, lot of, there's a little more truth to it I can't tell because when I finally do get a check, I really don't want to have to pay anybody because I get sued. But there's a little more. <laughs> we, we, got, uh, call, we got, look, 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 look. We got three and a half minutes. We players. Three and a half minutes. Hold on, I got a question. I got to get a question. No, we got three and a half minutes to the show. I want to know how the book's doing, but go ahead and answer those real quick, Sherry. All right, the cart girls used to bring drinks around. This was not during the PJ tournament when players and guests would come out here to Southland. These girls would bring the carts and the snacks, but they would also, for 300, bring you a little something special. That's the secret of the 16th hole. I never really, this is before I ever even knew a golfer, but my friends used to all talk about it, and the girls were real hot. Well, I will say this. One of them married a golfer. <laughs> she wanted a golfer. Yeah. Married a golfer. But <laughs> hey, Sherry, I got a quick question for you. Now, you know the critics are going to come out and say she wrote this book just to make money, trying to be like the basketball She's a wives and digger. the girlfriends She's on the show. I read it what all. What was your r- real motivation for writing this book if it wasn't about the money? Because I would have did it for the money. I have kids. Like, I'm the mother, like, I have, well, all my friends, of course, dump their kids off on me. I've always wanted to be the house where the kids come here so I know where mine are. You know, when I got married and had kids, I was out to have a family. I was done with any party life, any of that. So when my kids go to school, it's embarrassing for them because they'll invite a little, this is an example, my little boy invited a little boy over, and he said, my mom says, I can't come to your house. And he said, well, why not? He said, my mom doesn't like your mom. Uh-oh. And so my little boy said, well, your mom doesn't know my mom. He said, yes, she did. She does. She said she stabbed your dad. So, I mean, you know, the kids are cool. And, you know, I, want, I wanted people to know that I didn't do that. And it's really strange because since the book came out, 
we've had like three Spendonite guests that are not friends that know the truth. So it must have gotten to someone. I just really wanted the truth out about that. And then really and truly, I almost need a whole nother book because all these girls that think, I want to marry an athlete or I want to marry a baller. Mm, and that looks so fun. Look at her car. She's got a Mercedes. She's got these diamonds. Mm. None of that is a trade-off when you've got a man that walks out the door and isn't married every time you turn your back. He's married when he wants to be. It's not worth it if you have to, if that's the price to pay because these guys think they're entitled because they have a bunch of money. Oh, my wife's got to send the kids to school. I'll just have this one meet me here. I wish the girls would see that it's not what it's put out to be. We got, uh, okay, we got about two minutes left, man. We we, we were talking to Sherry Daly. I hate to introduce you this way, but uh, the fourth uh, wife of a professional golfer, John Daly. Sherry, you are in Memphis uh, with your kids right now, Memphis, Tennessee, huh? Mm-hmm. Memphis, 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 Tennessee, a bad place. Are you seeing anyone right now? Because uh, Rich is single. He ain't, he ain't us. <laughs> Co- 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 I'm a hot, tall, dark, and handsome one this time. I, t- I knew you liked the tall, dark, and tall, dark, and handsome. He uh, he he tall. I'm dark and I'm handsome. He tall. He tall, but uh, light skin. <laughs> I don't know about dark and handsome. Out. This might work out. Do you love to work? Do you love? Oh, to hey, y'all, hook up on y'all own. Listen to this. Uh, <laughs> Let me, um, how, how the book, real quick, real real quick, how's the book doing out there? And we want you, you to know, come back on the I'm show. I'm really not sure. Girl, you better I find out what the numbers I are. Look on, I go on Amazon. I don't know what this means, but I go on Amazon and I look at like this little rankings number. Yeah. And sometimes it gets up to like a top 20 in some biography or something. So I'm assuming that means something. I'm just not really sure what. And so well, well listen, listen. Tell me about we'll do all we can to pub it up. We'll mention it. Ken does a great job on our fan page. So we'll, we'll post it up there and tell the guys to go check out the book. Uh, but it's, it's, it really a, it's, it's a great read, and we got about 30 yeah, seconds. Uh, we appreciate Well, thank you for having me. Y'all have to call me back. Um, we <laughs> got to get further into this whole Playboy thing. Oh, yeah. I think y'all need yeah. to call me back. I'm going to clear this up with his own words and do a comparison when I get me a Playboy magazine. You get that Playboy magazine. <laughs> Sherry, you get that Playboy magazine and, and you come back on the show. How's that? Yes. I'm, I'm going to do it because I'm going to clear that up for y'all since y'all were the Tuesday show and I'm all upset over this. Yeah. I've got his own book right here in his own writing to contradict how wonderful I was. And now, all of a sudden, in Playboy, I'm no good in bed and a bad mother. I told you Rich was single. Hey, this is the Quarman Last of the Sports. So, <laughs> Rich would care for right. the ATL. We it. thank our guest, Sherry Daly. Oh, go check out the book, Tee It Off. Got Ken out there in ATL, Samaj, Kadir, and hey. L.A. Hey, appreciate it. we see you guys next week. Bye, Facebook, y'all. Thanks for having me. to stay I'll be around today to be available Thanks for tuning in this week Come back next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network